Coming up on Philosophy Talk, Taoism, following the way, the yin and the yang. Tao gives birth to one, one gives birth to two, two gives birth to three, three gives birth to 10,000 beings. 10,000 beings carry yin on their backs and embrace yang in their front, blending these two vital breaths to attain harmony. What is Taoism? Part of the ancient wisdom of the East. Is Taoism a religion? A philosophy? A spiritual practice? Taoism is the way, the way to peace and harmony with all of creation. The hidden unity beneath the boundless multiplicity of existence. Is it really better to sit on the banks of a remote mountain stream than to be emperor of the whole world? Our guest is Brian Van Norden from Vassar College. Taoism, following the way. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford University. Ken teaches philosophy at Stanford, and I did for many, many years. Today, we're thinking about Taoism. We're following the way. Taoism is one of the greatest and oldest philosophies of China, Ken. The big figures were Lao Tzu and Shuangzi. And their books, the Tao Te Ching and the Shuangzi, are very readable and thought-provoking. They're classics, still widely read, not only in China, but translated into all the major languages. You know, John, I'm impressed. I didn't know you knew so much about uh, Taoism. To tell you the truth, Ken, I don't. But Lao Tzu, the founder of Taoism, said, Those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know. So by that criterion, I can speak, since I know know very much. Well, I, 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 I know a little bit about Taoism. I read a lot of it when I was in college, but I hope Lao Tzu wasn't, wouldn't say, I know too much to be able to speak. Well, particularly not since we're on the radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, do you know enough to tell me this? How ancient is Taoism in comparison to the ancient philosophies of Greece, to, to the philosophies of Plato and Aristotle? Well, they're, they're about as almost as ancient, or roughly as ancient. Zhuangzi was born, I think, about 30 years after Socrates died, and Lao Tzu was a 6th century BC philosopher, a little before Socrates, but I think about the same time as Heraclitus, for example. Now, Heraclitus, uh, there's an ancient Greek who, as far as I understand things, thought a little bit like a Chinese Taoist. He's the one that said that being is in constant flux, like a river, and you can't step into the same river twice. John, I didn't know you got around so much in the ancient world. You're quite an expert on these ancient wisdoms, eh? Well, to tell you the truth, we all know at least a little bit of Taoist wisdom. Well, give me a for instance. Well, a journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. That's straight out of Lao Tzu. You know, my dissertation advisor used to say that one to me all the time, Kenny, to urge me to get started. Yeah, my mother used to say to me, great acts are made up of small deeds. And my father used to say, uh, silence is a source of great strength. And I've also heard that from my wife, Frenchie, and from you, Ken. And you never heed that advice, do you, John? No, not, not if I can possibly but help in, in all in all seriousness, <laughs> we don't want to make it sound like Taoism is just a bunch of homilies. I mean, the two key texts, if you 
as you've mentioned, are, are the Dao De Ching and the and the Shuangzi, which is named after its author. The first contains a lot of quotable sayings. You've given us a sample, and the second contains a lot of stories and parables and paradoxes and dreams and fanciful dialogues. But you know, there is a kind of, as I understand it, well worked out philosophy of Taoism. But that doesn't emerge from these guys. It emerges from what later Chinese thinkers made of these two texts. So, Ken, you're telling me that Lao Tzu and Shuangzi didn't really invent Taoism? Well, in, they not, neither of them ever heard of the phrase Taoism, I don't think, and most likely Shuangzi never knew anything about Lao Tzu, but they certainly inspired Taoism. It, 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 the term Taoism was, I think, from later scholars who applied it to what they thought Lao Tzu and Shuangzi were getting at. But think about Christ. He didn't use the term Christianity, but he certainly inspired Christianity by later theologians. Okay, I get it. Now, Tao is usually translated as the way. Not entirely clear to me what that means. Well, in the way, it's basically <laughs> the way things are, the way things have happened and will always happen in nature. And I think the thought is something like the way things happen in nature should provide a guide or does provide a guide or can provide a guide to the way individual human beings do things and the way human institutions uh, might work. Yeah, but but nature, it doesn't change very fast, and it's sort of mechanical. It sounds like kind of a rigid and inflexible philosophy. Well, they didn't think of it that way. Taoism was pluralistic. It was egalitarian. It was non-authoritative. It, it stood in sharp contrast to Confucianism, as I understand it. There were, now, that was a philosophy based on hierarchy and tradition and deference to the wisdom of the ancestors and all that stuff. Well, I, I like this uh, deference to the wisdom of old people idea, but at any rate, how is Taoism different? Well, because when that turned to nature and away from mere ancestor worship, I think it's supposed to have made them less rigid, far more likely to question authority, to reject uh, prevailing social norms, and open to human spontaneity. Now, there's also a religious aspect to Taoism, as I understand it. We haven't said much about that. Which came first, the philosophy or the religion, or is it is it just a kind of a ambiguous name? See, I think you're doing something Western there. You're making a distinction between philosophy and religion. I, I think the Taoists would reject that. They'd reject distinctions as uninformative often, so I think that may be an uninformative distinction. But, you know, to find out more, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shukan Kalantari, to learn how some people get closer to the Tao, the way, through tea and music. She files this report. I was asked not to eat garlic or onions or any meat for at least 24 hours by a guy named Cornelius Boots. He's a Taoist musician in the San Francisco Bay Area. He plays a long bamboo flute called the shakuhachi. Cornelius offered to take me along to a Taoist tea ceremony, but only if I didn't eat those foods beforehand. I agreed, and today we head to East Oakland. Thank you. Welcome, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. everybody. Huh? Thank you. We meet Master Wang outside his home. He's a Taoist from China who specializes in tea, and tea gods. He leads us into a long, narrow sunroom with wooden tables. Then Master Wang asks us to take off our shoes. You guys want your bell food? Oh, sure. To experience the food experience. Yeah. This is for massage, reflexiology. We sit down on polished tree stumps and Master Wang pours us tiny cups of pu'er, a tea he just brought back from a 500-year-old tree in China. 
beautiful, huh? I ask Master Wong, what's with the no garlic and meat thing? Well, it's just your palate. You, you put a coats on your palate, then you will never meet the spirits behind the tea, which most people never meet all their life. Yeah, unless they uncoat, they take the coats off. Master Wang says in addition to messing with your palate, garlic, onions, and meat make you stinky. And the gods don't like that. There's a creator, there's a god, a tea god, behind every cup of tea, for real. Okay, they're angels. If you're smelly, right, the angels, they left. They're pretty picky, yeah. So. Smell good for the angels? Yeah, it's for yourself, for your spirit. Master Wang says tea is Taoist medicine. The ceremonies are a way to emphasize the harmony between humans and nature. While you drink the tea, you have a direct connection with the spirit world, if your mind and body are clear enough. Human beings are perfect still. If we are human being, you see the second word being, it's lost. We're just human doing, right? Because we're all, all of us lost that state of being. Drinking tea brings Master Wang closer to the state of being. It's called Wu Wei, and it's one of the core values of Taoism. Wu Wei is a difficult translation as actionless action or doing, non-doing, things that just sound contradictory and sort of ridiculous. Cornelius Boots is the Taoist flute player who introduced me to Master Wang. In Taoism, music is a way to speak to the gods and to achieve Wu Wei. When you're doing it and when you've felt the benefit of that approach, then you know exactly what it is. Cornelius says another important philosophy in Taoism is the art of non-attachment. It would be a toss-up between uh, Wu Wei and non-attachment in terms of what the modern Western person could really benefit to understand. The idea that you can be fully engaged in something and yet not graspy about the results. To me, this is where a lot of our stress comes from. Cornelius says a lot of things can bring us closer to the principles of Taoism. For him, it's music. For Master Wang, it's tea. But he says you can experience Wu Wei and non-attachment while you're on a hike or watching a beautiful sunset. Apparently, the Tao is everywhere. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.